Indeed, episode number 46, Razzball Fantasy Pack Podcast Sun Edition. I am humbled and honored to bring on Turner, aka the king of the big man strat. Um, we've <laughs> we've done so many drafts already, it's kind of nuts, we're degenerates. Um, I've had a lot of fun, you know, seeing his style. He has a particular style, uh, so, you know, I'm very interested to kind of pick his brain to see where he's at. Um, Turner, he's, you know been in the high stakes fantasy hoop streets for for quite some time over on nfbc you know just a little background on his resume um i think it's most of them you know what the uh, the online championships right so 13th 59th fourth uh last year eighth so you know the man knows what he's doing he has skills you know i've been watching him draft so you know he he definitely knows what what's up so i think everyone's going to be able to benefit from his perspective uh, so looking forward to it, man. So Turner, what's going on, my man? Not too much. Just waking up on this beautiful Tuesday morning and happy to talk some basketball with you. <laughs> nice. Where, uh, where are you at, by the way? Uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah, we got a lot of Canadians up in here. I don't know, it man. Is. USA, USA, USA. <laughs> is, it, is it maybe because... It gets so cold up there, and there's nothing else to do. And then you don't, you know, maybe you guys aren't into hockey, so you just like, you know, started. So let, let's segue into that. So how did you get into fantasy to begin with? Was it too cold? Did you not play hockey, and you just got bored, and needed something to do? Well, basically, like it started when I was young. We have uh-huh. a thing called Sports Select, like Rocco will know. Yeah. Like you okay. could, it's kind of like sports betting, but you like it's a lottery thing. Yeah, yeah. So my uncle would send me to the store to go get him tickets. And then he'd say, here's $2, get yourself one. And it started okay. with that. And then, like, this would be the in the 90s. And then, like, my le- the newspaper, the Regina Leader Post, would have those hockey pools where, like, there's five guys in this yeah. box, pick one, blah, blah, blah. So that's how I started. I'd do that. And then every week, they'd show the standing. The hope you're in the top 150. Okay. And then I just parlay to that. I When I went to high school in grade nine, was, like, the first time I was – able to access the internet much okay and then that's when i found like yahoo fantasy sandbox is one okay. i think sandbox is the one i started on and then i went to yahoo all free stuff but that would have been like late 90s early 2000s when i started playing the style we know today like did like you, i said uh, early 90s i do those old uh, cool style nice so wait did you start off hockey or did you start off in hoops I started in hockey just because of being from Canada. That's what the near post offered. And then grade nine, which would have been late 90s, I started every other sport, like on Sandbox. So you played all all of them? Yeah. Okay, okay. So are you – did you just hone in? Do you just play hoops now, or do you still play all of them? I don't play hockey anymore, Mm -hmm. uh, but I play the other three quite – I put a, quite a bit of work into that volume into it, I guess. So uh, um, all on uh, NF, NFPC? Yeah, NFPC, a little, a little bit of uh, football and FFPC also. And then okay. football, some basketball stuff also. Okay, nice. So which is your which is your favorite, which is your specialty? I would say my two favorites are basketball and baseball because they require the most work. Like nice. I've heard, I've heard other people say, you can get lucky and win a football league, but you can't yeah. do that in basketball or baseball. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, man. So yeah, actually, I had John Fish on 
you know the the prior pod and he's kind of a three sport guy as well uh so that's actually kind of cool so you know we could kind of go into some of the same stuff that we did so he was saying he's kind of paring down on football because basketball and baseball require so much work especially baseball do you run it do you find the same thing or like how are you approaching I, that i find uh i i agree with him completely with okay. football i find football is relatively easy because it's uh once a week type thing but yeah. the only thing that's tough is when the seasons overlap a little bit yeah like uh like as uh yeah overlapping a little bit and then when the basketball starts that's the worst when basketball starts for me because you got two sports on the go but yeah. yeah all right so you know before getting into your your big match chat um i kind of no this is interesting because i kind of want to kind of want to go deeper into this so you know what i was asking fish was like um i guess how things that he or style that he uses for one sport you know how does that help him in other sports or are there you know what are the overlaps what are the differences um is there like a general kind of thesis that you have for fantasy in general and then you tailor for each sport or so yeah so can you go into that a little bit yeah i would say uh I kind of developed this from a mixture of baseball and football, I guess. Like, it's got, it kind of got some zero RB for the, okay. yeah, yeah, running back the, for the fantasy football fans. Instead yeah. of uh, zero running back and zero guard, Yeah, is what I call it. And mm-hmm. then uh, same with it with baseball. Like, baseball, like, ideally you have a plan, but sometimes that plan can go out the window. And I'm willing <laughs> to go to the extreme and uh, basically punt something and just yeah. hope to get lucky at it. Like sometimes I'll punt. Like let's say playing fantasy baseball, I'll punt first, yeah. third, and quarter, okay. and just hope I get lucky. And if like and all those teams where if you do that, like I had yeah. a NFBC fantasy baseball team, I believe it came in twelfth okay. overall in the online championship. But I yeah. completely punted first, third, and quarter, and then because uh, it's a thing you can stream, and if you do pick up the hot out of the year or whatever like it can make your team really lethal if you hit on everything else yeah for sure all right so you use a basic you know basic strategy across all the sports which is which is cool you know jenneke and i we're definitely rotoviz sean siegel zero running back uh disciples so uh that's interesting to know so i see your resume is all online championships and those are fab leagues um so you're quite successful in that and i get it are you so why do you, I guess why do you use the same strategy for roto leagues? Does do you find that you've had success with that, or like is or do you tweak it a certain way for the roto leagues compared to the fab leagues? Uh, the so this will be my third year in the draft champion style, and I haven't had that okay. great of success yet. So okay. I'm still gonna tweak it, but it has been doing very well in the online streets. And right. the online streets I do like, like because a person like me who puts in the work, you can kind of plan a week ahead. So that right, right. fab part helps me. But uh, okay. I'm, I'm sure I can work in these draft championships, but I haven't managed to put it all together quite yet. Okay, no, that's good stuff, man. All right, so when you're when you're punting, it sounded like you're kind of punting positionally rather than categorically, um, or is it a mix of the two? Or like, yeah, so how, how are you approaching the punting? Okay, so basically I am... Just going straight because through playing for many many years, okay. uh, every year I find that I'm 
no matter what I do, I struggle in field goal percentage of blocks. Okay. So I'm going to make sure I don't do that. <laughs> and then so I All pack right. that. And then ideally I try to get bigs and forwards who can help me in guard, guard uh, categories. Like I'm looking at this team right now. I okay. assume the greatest example, but like Sabonis helps me in assists. Yeah. Uh, Booch assists and steals. I'll right. find a better example. But like I got lots of Jimmy Butler. He gets me the guard steals. Right, He's a free right. throw leaker. And he okay. gets me assists. So I ideally try to get guys that contribute a little bit better than normal at the forwards and the centers and assists, free throws, threes, and steals. Yeah. But okay. I, uh, that's not always possible. But ideally, that's how it goes. Okay. But your main focus is, is field goal and the, and the percentages, and then you kind of build out from there. Yeah. I, I right. figure okay. points, free throws, and threes. I can attack with volume, you get, and, then if right, I, right. and if I find a breakout guard, I like I find similar to zero RB breakout yeah. guards happen much more uh, often, I guess, than okay. breakout forwards and centers. Yeah, no, I hear you. So we've done six drafts together. Um, the basic template, I guess, has been, you know, what three to four. Well, you know, it's funny. The first draft that we did. I was uh, messaging with Rocco, and uh, he was team five, you were team three. And so, you know, he was telling me, he's like, yeah. And, he, you know, he basically nailed all your picks because he's like, yo, I've drafted with Turner so many times. I know exactly what, <laughs> who he's picking. And it's like, exactly. So, you know, basically, you know, he's like, yeah, he's going to get three centers, you know, between, you know, before round five, round six, and then just flood up on, on forwards. So uh, it's basically, you know, three centers. So this one has five forwards. And then you went two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven, eleven straight guards, which now that I'm, you know, talking to you, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, cause that's, you know, that is the the Sean Siegel style, um, you know, the the zero RB. So, you know, by you kind of putting it in that perspective, like, it definitely makes a lot more sense when I'm going looking at the draft boards. Um, let me see, let me see all of them. I mean, it, it's. That that is the template for all of them, right? I'm going through. Yeah, it. that is the template. Yeah. There's the odd time where I mix in a guard earlier, but ideally, yeah. like if I could make the perfect blueprint, it is eight non guards and then okay. a lot of guards in a row, and hope to hit on a breakout, hope to hit on volume, and just yeah. like the running back position, like yeah. I I should have found a better example, but like when a point no, guard no, gets hurt, it's great. yeah, it's backup can like accumulate. 90% of its stats almost, unless that right. team's offense runs through like a forward. Like a that won't happen in Boston, that won't happen in Denver. But a lot of teams, if the point guard goes down, the backup will right away step into a good fantasy profile. No, you know, like that makes a lot of sense, and it actually ties into kind of uh, the John Fish pod because Fish elevates the forward position because he feels like there's a big drop off. So you know, his perspective and yours actually kind of ties in, you know, very well together. Um, I don't know, maybe you guys should get married and, dra and draft a team together and then uh, it'll be, it'll be all good. The first draft, uh, you took John Wall round 13, um, which was awesome because he was on my list and I was like, all right, I was waiting to get him much, much later. I thought he'd go much later. Um, and you took him there and then I had to start taking him <laughs> earlier and earlier because I knew you were on him. But yeah, yeah. So like, I, I get it now. I get your perspective. Um, it makes it makes a lot of sense. 
uh, you know, in these, because there's two centers, uh, centers, you know, the runs go through a third, fourth round. Um, was that part of the calculus as well? Because of how, you know, the draft prices of centers get elevated in, in, in these drafts? Yeah, it's it's completely like that. And it's just because I, I myself, I don't identify mid to late round centers as good as some. Okay. So I just get it out of the way. And like a, another, like I heard this talked about in uh, fantasy baseball. The person okay. said, I draft relievers and catchers because I want to, not because I have to. Hmm. So I draft my centers and forwards. I draft my centers because I want to, not because I yeah. have to. So it always it doesn't always work, but ideally, I, I'm gonna have centers I like and want and target. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I hear you, I hear you. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I love it. You know, at first I was like, I didn't truly understand the method to the madness, but I think I have a much better perspective of it, uh, and I freaking love it. <laughs> I freaking yeah, love it. it's. So, uh... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's like on, on a baseball podcast earlier this year, it was uh, Phil Dusso, like the guy who crushed last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on it. Yeah. He says how he builds balanced so that he can, at any point, at any time, he can acquire whatever the best value is, where I'm the opposite. Like, but basically, once it's past the eighth round, it's straight guards, yeah. but I, I live yeah. at that. Yeah, no, you know, like... Um... It's great because, you know, there's more variance uh, in it. But, you know, in a way, like, the strategy is very unique, right? Like, not too many people are doing the same build. So that kind of differentiates you already from, you know, from the get-go. Uh, so if your guys do hit, uh, you're going to be in less competition with other squads. Um, yeah, so that's really awesome. All right, so you said that. You've been employing this for about three years in the, the draft champion streets. So that's, you know, no fab leagues. It's just strictly draft only. Um, over those three years, what are some of the things that you found that you like, that you don't like, and like possible tweaks that you're, you know, you're looking to make going forward? Like <clears throat> uh, I've, in the draft champions, I've found that, well, I've, I'm going more, uh, extreme now, but I found like I was counting on these guys to like do everything for me at like the bigs, and oh, then okay. that's why I go a little extreme too. Draft champions because you could go heavy center and then if two of them are done, right. get hurt, like you're taking right. a zero and now your big advantage is erased. So True. I try and overkill it even more a little to draft champions mm. just to give yourself a buffer for. The inevitable when injuries hit, and because of the draft champions, draft and hold, you cannot add players. I see. So basically, yeah, all right. so you require two centers, so you want your backup, so you're going three. It requires four forwards, so you're usually drafting five forwards for that one sub, and then you're just going straight guards and then filling in after that. Um, in the in the OCs, so does that mean in the OCs you're going two centers and then four forwards, not worrying too much about the, the backup? Because you'll be able to acquire them via Fed, is that is that the yeah. main change? Okay, that's the same thing. Like I could, uh, even I could go as high as four and four, or yeah. two and six. Like I try and get my uh, flexes or utilities. I forget what they call in basketball, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I get. I try and get that, those filled too before I attack guards. Not every draft starts that way, but ideally through eight, I don't have a guard, and then guys that I like, like. 
Her, uh, yeah. Bam, Sabonis did I have the four down <laughs> center. That's always uh, good to have. Like my last draft we did, I have yeah. five center eligible players. Let me so, see where. So where were you? Oh, team four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Sabonis was center, right? Town, Sabonis, Vucevic, yeah, Turner. No, yeah, right, right, right. So give you flexibility. Everything goes well. It could be special, but obviously it's the top five to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So this is the one where you went Russell, right? This was the first. This is the one draft where you went a guard early. Yeah. Because of because of the positional flexibility of the first five bigs, is that why you did that? Yeah, because I had I like I all these guys probably give me yeah through the five players I might have fifty rebounds a game so like they're all ten rebound guys blocks are all enough so what I'm lighting is the reason assists and Russell was the best at that <laughs> nice I love it all right so most of these drafts all right so you at the third slot second slot second um six six. Uh, three. Uh, this last one, where were you? Oh, four. All right. So, do you set? Do you set KDS? Yeah. So, uh, I, the first one of the year, I think I went one through nine, and then okay. twelve, eleven, ten, and then uh, I switched it a little bit, kind of one, then five, four, three, two. Then mm -hmm. like 12, 11, 10, 9 in it. But like I have a – my top four players are Jokic, Embiid, Towns, mm -hmm. and then Durant. And then if I were on the clock at five and those guys yeah. are gone, today I don't know what I'd do. Like I'd figure it out, but that, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking because like I've noticed in all these drafts from basically 9 to 12, it's usually the double guards, right? Yeah. So if you're, if you're at 12 – all your bigs are gone. So, okay, so Jokic, MB, Towns, Giannis, Durant, they're all gone. Bam, say, theoretically, say Bam is gone, right? Yeah. So what are you doing there? I could either, like, I like Doncic. Sabonis? Uh-huh, Doncic, okay. But if he falls because of his elite rebounds mm. out of the guard spot, and I could okay. start something a little bit opposite of what I do. But, yeah, yeah like, there, there's no... Uh, like, I don't have to – like, that's where – if that happened to me, I'd be, uh, like, kind of going on the fly on it. But okay. one of the things I sometimes do is kind of do the opposite. Target yeah. guards who get big stats. Got you. You are a big – you're a big yeah. man whore, Turner. You're a big man whore. <laughs> I basically <laughs> – I, I haven't left the first without a big man yet this year, and I hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, we'll see what – Route I go, but. All right, so what I'm curious about is, all right, so earlier you said you usually fall behind in rebounds and field goal percentage, right? So in your very first draft, how did you approach that draft? And, and then what made you change? Like, because that's a pretty, you know, dramatic change, right? So did you try to go balanced at first or did you do yeah, a zero? I... You did, okay. So like my first drafts, like when I started playing, I would go yeah. balanced type thing. Yeah. And then I found out that just always I was light and field goal percentage in blocks, almost okay. no matter what. So I figured what's the best way to fix this? And nice. I came up with this, and it's it's been working. Like it's, no, it's got I love risk, it. But like when it works, it hits pretty well. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's, you know, the exact Sean Siegel, you know, theory. And, um, you know, just paring down the, like, the amount of teams that you have to compete with, uh, I think is awesome. Do you do, do you do your own projections? I do not know. Okay. So how, what, are you aggregating from different sites or like, how are you, how are you doing all your numbers? Like I, I use basketball monster. Monster. And, okay. and, and like, I usually use that as the most, like I've used hoop ball before, but basketball yeah. monster and just my feels on guys. Like I could, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I could adjust them a little bit, but yeah, I'd say basketball yeah. monster would be the yeah, best. Basketball Monster is awesome. I, I I use Basketball Monster. Josh Lloyd is he's pretty you know really good at what he does. Um, I know I know Rocco and Wong. They're like reading every blur world of world, you know, breaking down YouTube tapes and just like they're doing everything. And so in terms of information, they're just sucking in all the information and you know as I think Rocco's a little more you know math based. Um, so do you kind of, I guess, delve deep into the information rabbit hole as well? Or is it strictly more on just kind of like your feel of past drafts and uh, the, the BM numbers? Uh, I would say I'm more of like uh, Rocco and Wong. Like I, the road world blurbs. I've been yeah. at that Forbes like, way back when. I'm a Forbes member and I still post there. And you get some nice. in- information. It's, it okay. used to be really busy and great, but uh, yeah. you still get some good information there. I checked the Reddit uh, fantasy basketball page; it's pretty good. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, hoop ball, Josh Lloyd podcast. Yeah. Like, I, I try to take in as much as I can, yeah. and then uh, if I hear something good, I'll like dive deep into it. And either okay. And then sometimes I'll get my mind changed. Sometimes uh, I'll just say no, he's wrong. But like everyone can have their opinions, <laughs> but I just. Double yeah. check to see if if I miss something. Okay. What are the what are the pods do you listen to? So yeah, I would say Hoopball with Dan Bespers, it's a different name now, like Sports Ethros. Yeah. Uh, Basketball Monster. And that's probably yeah, locked into Josh Wallen. Yeah. That is really it. Sometimes the NBC's like the Road World guys, like Doctor yeah. A and those guys. Okay. It all depends what how busy I am and uh, what's going on. Like there'll be times where I'll smash a bunch of pods. So I just find a random pod and sometimes they <laughs> stick with me and sometimes they don't. But yeah. I like to, yeah, I love listening to pods or watching the videos on YouTube as much as I can. Take it okay. as much as possible. Nice. So in the off season, in terms of like draft prep, uh, what's, what's your process? Uh, I don't have a real process. Like I just uh, like for this year's season, I just saw on Twitter the first league happening. I'm like, cool, no <laughs> yeah, EP. Yeah. Okay. Let me in. And then, like you said uh, on a previous post, it's like crack, and you're just a DJ. We're already six drafts in. I figured one would slow down, but uh, it's hard to say no. It is. It is. Once you start, yeah, it's uh, you just want to keep going. You don't want them to end. Like it, it's so awesome, um, but. You know, looking at the first draft that you did, I mean, all right, so, you know, you obviously went in with your strategy, but, you know, there were some guys there that, you know, were buried way down in the rankings. And this was a tough one, right, because we were setting all the ADP and, like, a lot of the rankings were were off, right? So um, I guess my question is, 
those guards that you took, uh, what was kind of like uh, some of the general kind of criteria for why you picked them? Basically, because it was the first draft of the year, it was a combination yeah. of me seeing who's going to get playing time, who's okay. uh, like some of the late guys, like based on contracts, like they got they're getting paid a bunch of money, so they're going to get playing time, like Joe Harris, for instance. Yeah. And then also part of it was how the draft room, like trying to manipulate the draft room, like Lonzo Ball and Simmons were high, so I'm like, I'll take them and see what yeah. falls. Yeah. Because the ADP wasn't set. Um. I love the Oladipo. Obviously, you know, I love the wall pick. Uh, they were both buried, right? So why did you end up taking them there? Uh, wall, like I was uh, really interested in. And then like, he's right. a guy that if he's healthy, you can be top five in assists. Right. And that's the category I need. And then Oladipo, I just, I think I I was looking at team's depth charts and team, uh, like spot track the team salaries. And I'm like, okay, he's starting. He's getting paid a lot of money, so he should. Yeah. Be yeah. able to ride, and then like no. that one I went like you said eleven guards in a row. So <laughs> with awesome. it, with it being weekly, yeah. like I could like I don't have Ball was my first guard. If he's only playing three games, I could start John Wall my fifth guard who's playing four type thing. Right. So that that's the method behind that madness. No, I, I love it. You think uh, Malik Beasley because of the uncertainty of uh, Donovan Mitchell, maybe he gets some more playing time usage. Is, is that your thing in there? Or yeah, scoring? that was also the yeah. first draft. Like, I think that's my only share so far. But okay. yeah, it was a combination of that plus threes. Like, when he plays, he's going to be elite in threes, which I'm laying on up top. Okay. What about, um, because you, you, know, you do a lot of drafts, so in terms of like, uh, how do you handle diversification? Uh, I'm bad at that, but <laughs> I, I like I I win big or I lose. Like I I usually go with my guys. Yeah. Like there could be a yeah. If it's a like a close tie, like if it's a guys that are neck and neck, I will yeah. just go with to even out the shares. But yeah, I usually own a lot of the same guys. I think I think I'm the same way. Um. I do like to, I guess, diversify a little bit. I guess in terms of maybe, uh, maybe builds or, or like I want one share of this player. Like I want a KD team. I want a whatever a Doncic team. Um, but then, there are definitely some guys that I'll plant flags with. Whether it be, you know, they just I feel like they just fall too early. You know, fall too late. Or, um, I you know I really like them or they fit my team. So yeah, I, I'm. I think, I mean, you play to win the game, right? So, yeah. right. And like, you know, sometimes like you got to plant a flag and, and you got to go, you got to go all in, you know, whether it be whatever from your research or, or your feeling. Um, but, you know, with that said, um, you know, Eric Wong, I was, I was kind of talking shit to him and, uh, you know, his response was like, yo, you don't even have a trophy next to your name on the NFBC team. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, man! Like, all right, I really can't say you know anything. I, there's no comeback to that, right? So, yeah. you know, with that said, right, I can I can say all this shit, but like, you know, I really haven't won too much on the NFBC streets. <laughs> um, but you know, I guess you know that's my thinking too. I do respect the strategy because, um, you know, 
it's uh you know if you i guess anything in life if you're in the middle like it's the worst situation to be so you want to be on the tail ends of things um you want to put yourself in a position to win uh so yeah that's why i, I love it because uh like i said you know i am a sean siegel you know rotoviz uh guy so uh, it, it definitely fits with that um yeah, man. I need, fuck. I need to get that trophy this year. I need to get a at least get a trophy next time. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I wanted to tie this back uh, to baseball, actually. Um, you know, you said you're kind of like positionally, right? You're that. That's kind of like how you punt. Um, like with hoops, you said you said you found yourself falling behind f uh, rebounds and field goal percentage. For yeah, baseball, well. yeah. For baseball, how do you how do you approach it? I you know, I know I asked this earlier, but in terms of is it more positionally punting or categorically punting for baseball? It is a combination of both. Like uh, I found myself through playing, I always struggle in ERA and WHIP, so I push pitching up mm -hmm. a little bit. Okay. Yeah, since I've been doing that, I've been doing much better. But like okay. still, it's, like it's no foolproof win. Like sometimes the pitchers you push up fail. And yeah, you, your teams are struggling, but if you're yeah, yeah. top hitters, you push up fail. Like it's it's there's no perfect way, but so in baseball, yeah. I push up pitching because generally I can't find the uh, late round gems, and I don't like yeah. streaming, so I okay. push up pitching. And then the rest of the way, every draft is different. Like I could, for instance, hunt just stolen bases, so I might dedicate uh, utility and maybe a middle infielder strictly for steals, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. I might just punt. Like I said in that one example, I punted quarter. Who, well, basically yeah. quarter is so easy to punt because they all pretty much four category contributors. Yeah. So just stream first, third quarter, and then if you hit, get lucky on the way, your team, like uh, Sean Seal uses a lot, it becomes a super team almost if you can hit on those punted spots. For sure. And then yeah, sometimes I'll punt like middle infield, so I could have be weak at second, short, and uh, middle infield, and just kind of a. Uh, have a revolving door there and hit, and hope to hit, I should say. So you push up pitching. Um, yeah. So does so basically does that mean that you spend a lot of your your draft capital on outfielders? Uh, I would. It all depends, like because baseball is okay. so different. Because like you could get five category contributors from any, any spot. Yeah. But I, I push up pitching, and then it all depends. Like I, in a perfect world, I could uh draft all infielders, and then yeah. just attack out. Because outfielders, you can get whatever you need. You can get guys yeah. who are five-cat guys, four-cat right, guys, right. hour-only, speed-only. Yeah. But uh, generally, I uh, and so more so in baseball, you, I push categories down more than position. Gotcha. And the most popular one is the first third quarter because outside of Jose Ramirez and a handful of guys, yeah, no yeah. one's getting steals. So. No, I, no, I hear you. Um, no, I love it. I love it. What about all right? So then, football, uh, zero RB. That's that's you all day, every day. Uh, yeah, zero RB or as Sean calls it modified. Yeah. Zero RB. I think yeah. the new kids are calling it hero RB, but yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. one or the other. Okay, okay. No, I, I freaking love it. Um, all right. So back to hoops. Um, in terms of guys that you're planning the flag on, uh, are there any guys that kind of stick out to you this year? Well, as long as Miles Turner doesn't get dealt, which is a strong possibility, yeah. yeah. Like I just, if you have a free moment, look at his stats without Sabonis on the court. 
he'll be a first rounder if this is the case, but he was obviously a trade and injury health injury or his health history could uh, yeah. put a big damper into that, but Yeah. Well, you know, if he gets traded to the Lakers, that might actually be a good thing for him too, right? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 for fantasy, it would be solid. But like, even <laughs> for, uh, like, like, I'll just try and bring this up and just okay. tell you the difference. Yeah, yeah. We can still talk because I wasn't prepared at this yeah, or yeah. anything. But, no, no, all good. But that first draft of the year, I just Googled him because yeah. I just wanted to see, and it yeah. blew, blew my mind away. Like, not only does he... Uh, score more he rebounds more like he just yeah seems he's because he's more active like it, that usually helps most basketball players for sure I'm, I'm looking at your squads you only have one share though of them i got two I, I oh two i see that. you got one in the third one in the fourth yeah but did, i, did, I you like get, did you get sniped in the other drafts is that why i think i got sniped in one okay and then uh like i in another one i got vooch in the fourth Right. Which I like. Another one I got Kawhi in the fourth, which I ran to the podium. But uh Kawhi like in the fourth is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm comfortable taking Turner in the third like I did. But uh he's probably it all depends what's going on. But okay, so Okay, let's hear this. Basically his per thirty six with with Sabonis on the court. Okay. He's like a twelve point twelve point per game player. He's right. about twenty with him off the court. Okay. And then, what, what's the sample size? So this one, this sample size, is 2020-21. So 45 games with Sabonis, okay. 46 without. Oh, nice. Okay. And then in 2019 to 2020, it was 54 with and 62 without. And okay. so the minutes without, because it's it's on the court, the minutes without is only like 1,100, and the minutes with is like 2,100. So it's a decent enough sample. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Turner yeah. only started one game last year when Sabonis never played. I think he went like 30, 10, a three and assist, a steal, two blocks. Like the potential's there now that Sabonis is gone. For sure. Damn. And worst case scenario, right? worst case yeah, scenario, worst... he's a block anchor. Yeah, 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 for sure. And too bad we didn't pot earlier, so I could have sniped you in all these other drafts earlier. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, wow, yeah, Turner, Nurkic, I'm trying to see. Do you have Nurkic? Yeah, you have Nurkic a lot. I got a lot of like, Nurkic. Yeah. You think what? Um, discount because of injury? Yeah, discount because of injury. I think with mm -hmm. Lillard back, he should be, like, per game, he's still good. And just if he fixes that uh, free throw a little, like, he could be a huge steal. And then I heard he's working on his three-point game. In uh, whatever country he's from, and that's the same thing that Vucevic did in uh, I want to say 2016. I remember hearing right, Vucevic right. working on his threes in Euro in the Euro League, and yeah. he came back and crushed that year. So hopefully Nurkic can like even if he adds like half a three a game, that's that could be big value. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So your most recent Jeff. Is the one that you like the best, huh? Towns, Sabonis, Vucevic, Turner, Nurkic, and then Russell. Yeah. And then you got Julius, Tobias, Lowry, Hayward, and then you went three, six, uh, eight, nine. Nine straight guards. And then Phil. So, yeah, so you're feeling good about that one, huh? 
Yeah, I think because I think the the big man stats are on lockdown, and then Russell and Lowry, whenever they play, they're going to be good sources of points, threes, and assists, which I'm light on, and even steals. And then through that nine straight guards, like I I should be able to cobble together some uh, good stats, and I got some upside in Anthony Levert, Ivy Sexton if he goes to the right spot, like. There, there yeah. could be a breakout in get, that group get some of four. Score. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm very, very interested to see to see how it all plays out. Um, yeah, no, it, it's great to, to finally hear the method to the madness. Um, I, I, I actually really love it. Uh, like you said, you know, there's definitely some variance. Um, I guess you know there was one. I think Rocco was saying. Uh, because blocks are the are easier to find later, um, so he kind of like kind of devalues them. But you actually are on, are on the opposite spi- uh, end of the spectrum on there. So I guess in prior drafts, when you fell behind in blocks, uh, like kind of, do you remember like what what the kind of the reason was for that? Because I uh, just like I love watching basketball. I play some DFS myself, yeah. and uh, just my mentality is I don't want these block only players who can yeah. hurt you. And I just I want yeah. guys that are fun. It's fun to watch. But so that was part of the thing. Like I, my mindset isn't balanced enough. Like because Rocco's strategy is great, and he's willing to just add the kind of uh, specific category. Yeah, just to put the puzzle all together. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's a, that's a great thing to do, which yeah. I try, which I I just rarely incorporate in either yeah. baseball or or basketball. Like one instance on that this year, like Miles Straw <laughs> in baseball, I yeah. said I'll never ever touch him. He went like 50 spots past ADP, so I'm like sure, just yeah. a complete waste. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. You know, and I think this is something that, uh, you know, kind of a life lessons too, right? That kind of permeates or, or transcends a, a lot of things in life. Like, you know, we all have different personalities, right? Different perspectives, uh, different strengths and weaknesses. So, like, you know, I, I feel like um, whether it be, like, through trading or through fantasy sports, you know, a lot of people always ask, like, or they're looking for, like, that cookie cutter you know, answer or the cookie cutter strategy, right? But it's like, you know, everybody has different risk tolerance. Everyone has different strengths. Like like how you were kind of saying, like, you know, you don't like streaming pitchers or you find it difficult, uh, you know, finding this particular stat or um, you don't want to, f- you know, you want more well-rounded guys, right? And like, you know, like everybody has, yeah, like, cause Rocco is able to kind of piece the, you know, the puzzle. Uh, everyone has their own different strategy. So like, it's, it's awesome to kind of hear, you know, everybody's different perspective, uh, all these guys, especially yours, you know, because it is uh, definitely different than, than everyone else's. So it's like, it's freaking awesome to, to kind of hear it, you know, it's, um, and, it, you know, good to know that it's kind of like based on, on the Rotoviz, Sean Siegel stuff, because, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm all about that life. <laughs> I'm all about well, that sure, life. Sure, like, I, I kind of, I just, what I, I was telling my friend, like, last year on my championship, I was at second overall at a point, and I thought Ben Simmons was coming back, and that I held his stupid ass for a whole year. <laughs> but yeah, I finished eighth last year. But when he was coming back, like at the 
when he got dealt, I thought, okay, this is it. I'm, I got a shot at first. And then, yeah, yeah. Obviously, as we know, he never came back. But I was telling my friend, if like I get interviewed, I'm going to say zero guard. All right. Is yeah, no. Like, yeah, Pat, zero guard strategy. You yeah. heard it from from uh, Turner, a.k.a. the king of the big man strat. Um, nah, man, it's... Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I freaking love it. I freaking love it, man. Um, what is what is up with... Yeah, seriously, Rocco's from Canada. You're from Canada. There's a couple writers at Razzball that are from Canada. Um, I don't know, man. I think we're going to have to ban you guys. I think I think that's the only uh, <laughs> the only solution here, man. Because you guys, you know, you guys are doing you guys are doing too well in these streets. We're gonna have to uh, uh, institute a tariff on you guys. <laughs> How um, in terms of like you know you've had success in the hoop streets, uh, baseball and football is it kind of similar successes? Yeah, I've uh, had some. Uh, I guess. In baseball, I had one good finish. I've been doing quite well, but I, uh, I don't know. I've had, I've done pretty well in all three sports, but uh, nothing like I've had some good hits in DFS football, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd say I'm doing well in all three sports. Nothing, nice. not one has uh, been more successful than another, I guess. Got you, got you. What about uh, so DFS, DFS wise, is it is it similar? Do you have a, a favorite or no? Yeah, DFS. I well, I used to play lots of things, but now I just play single entries. Yeah. And then, uh, like, do you mean on sites or just strategy? Uh, I guess both. Yeah, answer yeah, both. I play. I play on all three sites. I play, or I guess there's more than three sites, but I play DraftKings, FanDuel, and yeah. Yahoo. Yeah. I just play. I play them all. And nowadays, I just do single entries. Yeah. Just to combat the 150 max multi-entry people that. Yes. I'm the same. I'm a I'm a single entry guy. Once in a while, I'll fire a bullet into into the big ones. But yeah, I, I like the single entries uh, much better as well. Um, in terms of you know strategy, you obviously you know stacking. Okay, so you I know you're stacking football, baseball, right? For yeah. hoops, do you stack for hoops? Often I do stack or a okay. game stack, like just game, yeah, two from one thing, two from the other, yeah. and then uh. Over some magic. I like a few years ago. I had who was it? Sacramento's point guard many many moons ago. I forget who it was. Cousins was there, but he had a good point guard with him. Oh man, I'm trying to think. I do not know. Yeah, I can't think of it either. Anyways, yeah. he missed, so I had like his backup cousins, and then two guys on the other team. That game went to double overtime, and I just those had the a, best. Yeah, just those, a huge night. Yeah. <laughs> um what are some what are some strategies or insights in, for for dfs that you kind of like you know plant your flag or the the, the foundation of your game i like to uh, like pick like i'm right i like it's kind of a thing and also yeah. like uh i don't know if you know but al Smizzle is his handle. Yeah, I think it's Z- Z- Zeidenfeld. Uh, Zeidenfeld. Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. He, he's good. Yeah, his thing is when you win, what do you win? Yeah, like I don't pick any of the guys that will get me like between ten and twenty. Like that's their. But I'd rather go with a guy between the guy give me either five, but he can't blow up. Like so, when you win, like I go upside. Yeah, I'm a big 
I say that all the time. When you win, what do you win? Because there's guys that I don't think should be rostered in tournaments. If you're playing a cash game, sure, but it's different, right? Right. right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm 100% with you. Um, you know, I was actually it's funny because I was actually having this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day. You know, we're playing poker, right? And like, you know, we're just kind of discussing hands and things like that. And you know, his one, I guess, what was his question? I forgot his exact question, but you know, he was kind of like very conservative and he's like you know like i don't want to lose the money and you know like but i'm like you know i just want to kind of win the hand you know you know play very conservatively like just call and things like that but you know i was like well you know poker especially like you can't just sit there and wait for like you know pocket aces pocket kings all the time right they're, they're not going to come like you have to be aggressive and you know sometimes you have to set up things you know do the long con and you know, you're not going to win, like the percentage of hands that you're going to win. Well, first off, the percentage of good hands that you're going to get is, is, you know, relatively small. And then the percentage of hands that you win is even smaller. So, you know, like your point, it's like, so those times when you do win, you got to try to maximize the profit, you know, for each hand, you know, and that'll take care of all your little small losses or getting blinded out and things like that. So, yeah, I'm with you in, in DFS as well. Like, and that's why I really appreciate your strategy uh, for the NFBC, you know, these, these drafts, because, uh, already, like I said, you're already differentiated from all the 11 other guys, right? Cause most of the guys are doing the high scoring guards, right? So you're already differentiated from there. So like that helps you, especially in the overall component. Uh, and then, you know, if, you know, you have a solid base for your big guys. And then, like you said, if your guards do hit, then, um, yeah, no, you put yourself in a very good position because you've, whittle down the competition and then you know you will be able to uh you know get that big score so um no i love it man i, I love the the perspective i love the philosophy you know no risk it no biscuit um and you know the funny thing is is i, I did my first main event last year and i was screaming as i was uh yelling from the the mountaintops no risk it no biscuits i was drafting anthony davis and paul george and then the shit just, <laughs> you know, yeah, but like, you know, sometimes you got to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I hear it. I hear you. And you, you start with those two. You were at the back end of the draft, obviously. So, yeah, I was sometimes you have to take, yeah. Yeah. sometimes I like get the back of the draft. You have to take some risks to catch up to the front half of the draft. That, that was my thinking. That was my thinking. All right. So, okay. So let's get into that. All right. Because I was talking to Rocco about that. Right. And like, um, you know, obviously that, that experience kind of, you know, had an impact on me, right. My philosophy and things like that. So, uh, you know, obviously rock was very conservative, right. And, um, you know, but he's done very well. Right. So he's kind of like, you know, just, just get the minutes, you know, like minutes are gold. Game plays are gold. You know, don't be a hero, especially in the beginning and then take shots later. Right. And I can kind of feel that too. Right. Cause I felt like I got a little too anxious last year. And like you said, like, I felt like I, I was behind, I had to catch up. So I had to take more risk than, than was necessary. So, uh, with that said, like, I know you're, you're more on the opposite end of the spectrum than Rocco, but especially early on, do you feel like you should have a solid base or do you not care? Well, ideally you should, but like my player pool is limited to like, Embiid's been known to miss lots of games. If you don't get to Embiid or Towns, like I, Towns, I guess, is healthy, but I can't uh, really play it too safe there. Davis, like, I don't know if I was in the end of the first round, 
Davis might be a guy I want, but uh, I just I'm willing to know that risk it, especially like Davis in the second round or late first. Yeah. Like if he's healthy or even if he gives you 50 games, you'll be happy with his uh thing. But I'm just willing to uh incorporate that risk, and also I know like others will be, probably draft Davis and they maybe go light on blocks. I won't have, have worry about that. You, so you just keep going. there's less. His injury won't hurt me as much as right. it'll hurt others. Right. And no, I, I hear you because others are relying more on, on his production. All right, earlier you said that if you're near the end, you go Luca, But then, all right, say you go Luca, Anthony Davis, right? And then do you just continue to go big men the next, like, four, four rounds? And then just continue with the same strategy? Or are you kind of changing it up there? I uh, haven't encountered that yet, but I think it would either be that... Or whenever a, a high rebounding guard, guard was okay. available near ADP, I would mix them in too. But like I was looking when I was thinking about who I'd pick, there's not a lot of high rebounded guards as yeah. I thought. <laughs> what about how do you how do you approach or what's your view on like especially later and you know I guess maybe you don't run into this problem as much because you're taking the forwards early, but you know, later, like maybe, what is it, maybe the 8th to 10th round area, a lot of those forwards are more kind of defensive-minded, you know, like you'll fall behind in points, you know, they'll give you like, you know, like the Herbert, Herbert Joneses of the world. How do you kind of view those guys? For me, like, I think they're quite common. Yeah. And it's, like, so I, I re- rarely own them. Like, they're nice yeah. glue guys to put into the like, yeah. final piece of the puzzle, but yeah. they don't fit into my puzzle, so I just... I don't own them, and I figure I can get guys like. Let's just. I'll just pick a guy in that eighth round here. Okay. Or maybe go a little bit lower, but like I can find guys that stand in the corner, shoot threes, and then hopefully get lucky and get a steal or two. But I usually don't <laughs> have those guys until late. Okay. But I know they okay. fit into the pu- some other people's puzzles beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, just they're not really on my board unless, unless for whatever reason I'm. Got a ton of scoring. You know, sometimes, like, I'll filter. Like, there's a head-to-head uh, draft that I did. And, like, um, you know, punting. Basically punting everything. So, uh, you know, doing the big man punt. And, like, ADP, I don't care about it. I'm just filtering by, you know, whatever blocks or rebounds or whatever. Um, is that basically what you're doing? Like, you don't really care about the ADP you're just like I'm focusing on these stats and then I'm just going to get them when they're when they're there yeah pretty pretty much like sometimes much. if uh, if there's a forward or center that's top on my board that could make it back in the next round I might put it in the guard but basically I'm okay. just looking at forwards and centers yeah. I'm not even looking at guards and then, <laughs> do, you, do you X out do you X out players I don't X out players okay but like I do mentally but I don't like yeah, on my no, left I like all right, um, like for example, say uh, just a theoretical, like one of like I don't know, say Doncic whatever fell to the second, or you know what I'm saying, like or some crazy, stupid, crazy thing like that happened. Um, would you would you pivot then at that point, or no? You stay with your strategy. Uh, if it was a player like Doncic, I would. Uh, yeah. Like Steph, obviously, they, it would be a rare thing to happen, but yeah, yeah, exactly. only, yeah, it would never happen. But yeah, it basically, yeah, I'm looking right now. It 
it just it's, it wouldn't happen. But I would be with, like in a crazy world. I would. Yeah, you would pivot. I, okay. I'm so mad. I want the season to start, man. I want to see how this all plays out, you know? Um, you know, it's, okay, what a, especially with draft and hold, there's no fab. What's your view on uh, handcuffing? Oh, yeah, what's your view on handcuffing in general, actually? Uh, like I, like, it all depends on the opportunity cost. Sometimes okay. it's really smart. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes you could get both guys being valuable together. Yeah. But uh, I don't go out of my way for it. But if it if it happens, it happens. Got you. Yeah, I know. I noticed like uh, I know Rocco. You know, like if he was taking Garland up top, you know, he kind of made it a priority to get Levert, you know, later or John Morant and Tyus Jones. Um, I don't know. I, I guess. You know, there's really good merit to that, especially in a draft and, and hold league. Um, yeah, so you know, it's it's good to know. What about um, I know with with football, you know, zero RB kind of like. Are you? Well, I know the type of backs that that you're kind of looking for, but are you kind of like purposely trying to poach other handcuffs, or you want just more standalone value? A combination of both. I want, uh, like, I got a few guys I have my flags on, and then I just poach the backups on good teams, like yeah, like Niners, Tampa Bay, uh, Zona, like good offenses, because basically anyone you insert anyone, and they'll do well. Like Justin Jackson last year in Week 16 was yeah. the best running back in all of football. For sure. I don't even think he has a job right now. <laughs> How did you first get into the the Sean Siegel style? Okay, well, I'm going to say 2005-ish. Someone okay. on Yahoo wrote an article that said upside-down drafting or backwards drafting, where you go quarterback, okay. receiver, 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 right, and then run, like in any order. But to be, basically, yeah. you build your starting lineup with the two running backs being last. Yeah. And then, so I've... Flirted with that before Sean even came out with his uh, zero okay. RB. But, like, I never did it to the extreme like Sean does. And then when Sean came out with it, I just, uh, ever since that, I've been doing it as much as I could. The odd time, it, like, I'll start two RBs, but very, very rarely. I love how you, yeah, I love how you took it to, to all the other sports. Um, I may have to put that into my bag. Because uh, I, I really like that. Um, ah, man, I'm just thinking. Would you ever... Oh, no, actually, you wouldn't. But I was thinking, would you ever go anti-Turner and just go guard-heavy first? <laughs> just I, put, like, six guards in a row and then <laughs> fill in it. Like, I all did the that last players. year in a draft, and it didn't uh, work out well. But um, <laughs> basically, I did... All I was looking at was guards were like the best guards for uh, the rebounding uh, guards, rebounds that... yeah, yeah, yeah. and blocks and field goal percentage, yeah. and then praying that my forwards and centers hit. But this, I'm gonna say it's a lot harder to hit on late forwards and centers than yeah. it is guards. So yeah, it, no, I, that, I get that. That team turned into a disaster. So yeah, no, I get that. You know, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of want to try this out now. You know, you may have some competition later <laughs> in the streets. We'll be battling for the same players. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. But I do, I do like it a lot. You know, it makes it makes a lot of sense, and I, I'm really glad that you know I was able to kind of like hear your perspective on it. Um, yo, I uh, run up on like an hour right now. I really appreciate you know your time. Really appreciate you uh, kind of like providing your insight, you know, your wisdom, your perspective into everything. Um, it's very very informative. You know, <laughs> like I, I was definitely loving it. Uh, is there anything else that you want to? kind of get out there into the world into the into the ether before we sign off here no i just i was honored to be on a guest and i'd love to do it any other time like i love talking sports and do the three sports i love to mix in all three together here i just want to ask yeah. one question you said it What's up? yeah uh you brought it up like i i gotta put it in my uh in my toolbox something about being in the middle streets you want to be at the front or the back yeah yeah, like that's exactly how I do it. Like, if you're, you want to be at the top or the back, but you said something that I never heard before that I might want to use. You want to be um, the oh, on the tails? The you want to be on the tails? Yeah, that's it. I'm going to write yeah, that down. Yeah, beautiful. I I think that usually comes from like more like the dynasty league, and then especially uh, you know sports. Like when teams like have the decision to to be sellers or buyers or or, or to tank. Because I think, in my experience, like a lot of times, like there's been times where, um, I thought I was maybe competitive, and like I made stupid moves to kind of like patch band aids, but you know, looking back in hindsight, I'm like, you know, if I would have just tanked, um, I would have put myself in a much better position, right? Get you know whatever high draft capital and, and things like that. But but I guess more of it is like when I watch a lot of professional sports teams, right? The, like the owners they just want to fill up the seats right have like a a 500 team so that people will still come to the games right but that's like the worst position to be because you're not really doing any noise in the playoffs and then you get in a shitty draft pick and then you just a mediocrity forever right so like like the spurs you know like i respect what they're doing right they're just tanking and they're like you know f it right like if we can get a general generational guy um we have to take that chance and then if you get that guy then it, it really sets you up better uh, like it, it puts you in a position like for the win and it kind of ties back to what you're saying right like when you win it's it's not about if you win it's about how much you win when you win right so um, yeah no I'm I'm really digging that and I think uh, yeah like it's uh, the, co the combination of the two you know it's just it's really really potent um, yeah, the, the tails. It's all about the tails. <laughs> wag the tail, Turner. Wag the tail. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, man. Yo, thanks again. Uh, we're definitely going to talk again, especially, uh, you know, you know, maybe, uh, you know, we see how, like, the, some of these, you know, drafts play out. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm all, it was a great, great time talking to you, you know, hearing your perspective and uh, looking forward to speaking with you again, man. Stonewall, it was a pleasure and happy to be on and can't wait till the next time. Definitely. All right, good luck this year, Turner. Talk to you later. Thanks, same to you. Cool. Peace. Peace.